Now say hi. There you go. You're back on. Go for it, buddy. After the exiled Babylon, a bunch of men were born. <laughs> and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called Messiah. Thus there were, were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to Messiah. This shows how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant though through the Holy Spirit. Because jo Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to dis divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what Lord, what the Lord had said through the prophet: the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. These are our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. We turn our attention to Joseph this week. And so we must open the Gospel of Matthew. Last week, considering Mary, we spent our time in the Gospel of Luke. For Luke, Mary is the main character, but for Matthew, it's Joseph. In the first two chapters of Luke, we find Mary's name mentioned 11 times, and Joseph's only three. Likewise, in the first two chapters of Matthew, we find Joseph mentioned eight times, and Mary only three. Mary's part in Matthew's Christmas pageant is so minimal that she doesn't even have any spoken lines. In Matthew, it is Joseph who's given a message from the angel. In Matthew, it's Joseph's genealogy that begins not just the Christmas story, but the entire gospel narrative. Names are important to Matthew. Names have meaning. They connect to the sacred stories of the past, they foreshadow the coming narrative. If you were attending Covenant in 2018, you experienced an Advent based entirely on the genealogy presented in Matthew. We read from the genealogy each week and focused on the five women mentioned there. Only, only Matthew names these women, and with these grandmothers of Jesus, foreshadows courageous Mary. The women named are certainly not the only important names or the only important people in this genealogy. It would be impossible to miss the focus on David. The genealogy begins, an account of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David. And then it concludes, 
So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David to the deportation in Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation in Babylon to the Messiah, 14 generations. The Gospel writer of Matthew names 14 generations over and over again three times. This is theological math. A quick reference to the First Testament book of Numbers lets us know that several names have been omitted to make this repeating 14 pattern work. 14 is David's number. In Hebrew, you count with letters. The place the letter occupies in the alphabet is its number. And then there are, of course, ways of counting once you get past the first run of the alphabet. But maybe I'll save that for an education hour. So the name David is the number 464. Those are the letters of David. Dalit is in the fourth place in the alphabet. So if you add together 464, you get 14. If this doesn't convince you, then you might be interested to know that in the first 20 verses of Matthew, the name David is mentioned a total of six times. That's almost as many times as Joseph is mentioned in the whole narrative. Jesus being a descendant of David is crucial to Matthew's telling of the story, and Joseph is the link between David and Jesus. The prophets tell us that the Messiah will be a descendant of the house of David, and Matthew makes it very clear that Jesus is of the house of David. He's of the house of David because Joseph is his father. Only Joseph is not his biological father. Joseph had a choice. Joseph had the power to name, the power to legitimize, the power to accept. He also had the power to leave, the power to disconnect, the power to abandon. Joseph chose to name Jesus. He chose to give him his own family name, and he chose love and acceptance. Names are important. My kid brother's name is Matthew. You wouldn't know that even if you've met him during one of his many visits to Covenant over the years because he goes by his middle name, Blake, and in the Air Force he's just called Mayo. He had no name at all for several weeks. He was born the day my mother died. He was born three months early. He weighed one pound and 15 ounces in 1987. No one expected him to live. And so we didn't name him. He was Baby Boy Mayo. At some point during his long stay in the hospital, a nurse gently suggested that he needed a name. She said something like, you know you can't take him home unless he has a name. Dad and I were there at the hospital before school. We had dropped my older brother Stephen off at middle school and then headed for the hospital for a visit before taking me to the fourth grade. I was late, as I was every day for those months. That morning, before Miss Barry forgot to take roll until after I arrived again, that morning, at the hospital, a nurse gave us something we hadn't had before. She gave us hope. She suggested an outcome we hadn't considered. The baby might survive. 
He might leave the hospital. He might come home. And so that evening, once we were all together again, I told Stephen about what the nurse said and about the baby needing a name and about maybe the baby coming home. We all agreed that the baby needed a name, but that's where our agreement ended. My dad wanted to name him after my mother's family, but my mother's last name was Farmer before she married my dad and took on Mayo. And only my dad thought Farmer would make a good first or middle name. My mother's father's name was Byron, and Stephen and I had the same opinion about that. My father's middle name is Blake, and his father's middle name was Blake. And Stephen and I well remembered our mom thinking that Blake would be the name of a baby if he was a boy. And so we were certain the baby should be named Blake. But we're from the South, and you have to have at least two names before your last name. After many suggestions and many rejections, my dad said, If he lives, it will surely be God's gift. Let's name him Matthew, because it means God's gift. Several weeks after that, after three months in the hospital and finally weighing five pounds, Matthew Blake Mayo proved he did indeed need a name. He survived. He came home. He beat all the odds and gave our family life in the midst of our deep, deep grief. Surely Joseph knew something about deep grief. The gospel describes Joseph as a righteous man, which is to say a man devoted to God. As Matthew tells the story, this God-fearing carpenter discovered that the woman he was engaged to marry was pregnant and he knew he was not the father. He must have been devastated. The gospel story skips right past knowledge to decision-making, but between those two there must have been anguish. The Proto-Evangelum of James, an extra-canonical text from the second century, provides a story for this in-between time. When Joseph sees Mary's swollen belly, he throws himself on the ground, strikes his own face, and cries bitterly. He wonders long and hard how to respond and asks Mary why she has betrayed both him and God so cruelly. Though this text is not in our biblical canon, it's not hard to imagine such a scene playing out between Joseph and Mary. The fact is, Joseph didn't believe Mary's story about the baby being from the Holy Spirit. Joseph didn't believe it until the angel told him. I mean, why would he? Why would anyone? He's grieving. He's considering his decisions, his options. If he called attention to Mary's out-of-wedlock pregnancy, she could be stoned to death. If he divorced her quietly, she would have almost no choices for survival in, the, in their patriarchal society. How would she feed herself and the child? But then could he marry her, knowing she had had sex with another man? Could he commit to raising another man's child? So many choices and so much grief. 
It is into this grief that a murmur of hope is whispered, a promise and a name. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, a young woman will conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. Joseph, the son of David, is told to name the child of the Holy Spirit, Jesus. Jesus is the name Joshua, Yeshua. It's up to transliteration that we think there are two names. Jesus, Joshua, Yeshua, they all mean Savior. Name that baby Savior. Name him Jesus. The angel continues with the naming, explaining that Emmanuel will be the child's title. Name him Jesus. Give him your lineage. He too will be a son of David. And know this, this child will be Emmanuel, will be God with us, God made known to us, present to us. For my family, it was a nurse. For Joseph, it was an angel in a dream. In both cases, naming preceded a future we had not even imagined. I wonder, I wonder this Advent, if there are futures we have not yet imagined. I wonder if there are names we need to give and names we need to say. Might Advent be calling us to live into a future we can barely even glimpse? A future of health, of enough for everyone, of being together again physically. We are faced with so many choices. We are grieving in these days. The numbers of those sick and those who have died of COVID continues to rise. Poverty and despair, racism and injustice reign. We are grieving. And perhaps a glimpse of hope might come to us too. I wonder if names like Prince of Peace might come into our grief with us. Might invite us to envision a future we haven't even imagined. Naming breaks into grief and helps Joseph see a future. And when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife. Joseph, like many of us, finds something more powerful than biology or DNA. He finds family. He finds love and acceptance. Joseph takes Mary as his wife and Jesus as his son. Jesus been Joseph. A way forward he hadn't even considered. Our future is unknown. There are many choices before us. 
as we navigate these days, these choices, these many unknowns. May we remember that Jesus, Joseph's boy, enters our despair and stays with us through every sleepless night. There are surely names we have to offer, futures we have yet to even consider, ways forward that we are uniquely capable of making manifest. I pray that we, like Joseph, that we will be guided by family of choice, by love, by the presence of Emmanuel, God with us, this day and always. Amen.